Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to 107.7 FM New Orleans. Um, I don't know what just happened. No, it doesn't matter because we're on and we're ready to go. We're on. So it's all good. That was a that was a, a, a minute Ooh, clip and it cut out. So are we, okay. are we? I know what it is. It's like the networks yeah. are mad because we did not do a show last Friday. Is that what it was? Oh yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I think about that's that. what it was. I'm yeah. so sorry. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I needed. I do need to state this: the views and opinions expressed on What the Frick Live are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of What the Frick Live or 107.7 FM New Orleans. I wasn't able to put that banner up, so I had you to say it. it. But oh, well, the banner's up. It's wrong. The crawler's yeah. on the bottom. Okay. Banners yeah, up. Okay, yeah, awesome. I didn't see it. So already, yes, this is gonna be a fun, fun night. So how are you doing, Will? I'm doing great. I'm sorry I've been missed a couple of last weeks. Uh, got sick, and then I was dealing with just personal stuff. So yeah, it's just crazy. So, but I'm back. I'm here. Yeah. Uh, well, how's it? Everything to... over Dark Fringe. Everything's good. Actually, we had a, a new episode come out just past weekend. Uh, we did um, the most disturbing video games of all time. So. We kind of got into some video games that really kind of, um, you know, pushed the envelope as far as, you know, being whatever is Four. entertainment or something a little darker or more sinister, you know, sinister than that. So check it out, darkrangeradio.com, and uh, you can follow our, all our stuff there. So, Is it like even old school games, like back in the day? I'll a couple, yes. Um, a couple old school games, but then some games that just are like, wow. You're like, wow, they actually made a video game about this? Like, just to give you a little preview, there's one about a guy who uh, loses his daughter, finds his like daughter's body, and then tries to bring her back to life by making like other pieces of like people and selling them, and it's really crazy. Yeah. Like alchemy. Stuff. Yeah. It's crazy. No, there's so many crazy things, and we get into all of it. Uh, I, I, worry about those, I worry about those people that make those games. Like, I know. That's what exactly what we're done? talking about. We talk yeah. about that. We actually say, like, what is the mental, like, capacity for somebody to sit there and actually think this up? Like, we actually talk about that. So, yeah, it's a good thing you said that. Yeah, it, it's super creepy. But we want to say thank mm -hmm. you to everybody for tuning in. Please share this out. It helps our uh, show. It helps our guests. It helps our network. We appreciate it. Hopefully, everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And thank yeah. you for tuning in tonight here on 107.7 FM Nolens. I'm going to say Nolens this time. I feel sad. Nolens. That's good. Nolens. Yeah. We, are, we are streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Rumble. So if you're watching on any of those platforms, please give us a thumbs up, positive feedback, share it out. Love, love this show. And subscribe on YouTube. In the words of my son, ring that bell. So ring that bell. <laughs> we have baby. an awesome guest, True Crime Month. A True Crime Month. And it's super weird because we're going over one week, but you know, we didn't have a show last week. So it's okay. It's all good. And he's been on the show before. Um, and we talked a lot mm -hmm. about uh the connections of his family to uh local our current president in the White House and things. So if you want to listen to that show, um you can uh, it's actually in the description, or you can just look it up on what the freak live um the Galanis crime family and, and you'll find that. So we have Derek Meyer and I love his middle name too, Meyer Galanis. Um, he mm -hmm. was born into the Galanis crime family and um, he ended up uh, colluding with his dad, his brother and some other family members and stuff and ended up uh, having to plead guilty to a charge of conspiring to commit securities frauds and offense that could lead to a maximum of five years and maximum five, a fine, fine, golly, country. Fine. 
straighten up here. Fine. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a fine. I'm gonna give you a fine, Emily. <laughs> it's gonna be a fine of two hundred fifty thousand overall. <laughs> he spent time in, in, in prison. There's a lot of stuff going on with his family now that he just informed mm -hmm. me before uh, mm -hmm. we're bringing him on. But he's also the author of Greed and Fear: The Glonis Crime Family, family which I bought and purchased, and I've read some of it, and it is absolutely phenomenal. I highly encourage everybody to go get it. So let's bring Derek on to the show right now. Derek Galanis, welcome to the show. Hey, Derek, what's Hi going guys, on? guys, how are you? How you doing, great. brother? Good, man. Great, great Friday here. We're finally there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh -oh. TGIF. That's right. A lot of stuff going on, yeah. Derek, right? <laughs> always seems to be with this case, right? It never right? ends. Like, there's always a big break, and I think, oh, this is no. going to be it. Heidi Plank got killed. Something's going to mm -hmm. happen, and then nothing happens. So you know, right. best right. Yeah. kept secret in uh, you know in the government. In the government, absolutely, yeah. A lot of stuff going on. And Derek, I mean, thank you for coming on the show tonight. And uh, yeah, we have a lot to talk about. I'm like, go ahead. I mean, oh, she dropped off. Well, I'll start it off, I guess. Um, Derek. Um, so we alluded to a lot of stuff going on in the news. Um, I was talking to you earlier before the podcast started and you dropped some information on Emily and us or me, I should say, um, about what's going on with your brother. Can you talk a little bit about that? And about yeah, that case? I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, Comer and Jordan who are, you know, mm -hmm. investigating Hunter Biden's dealings finally subpoenaed my brother. They sent a letter to the BOP, you know, asking that, you know, my brother be, uh, uh presented to Congress to give testimony in front of that committee about mm -hmm. his relationship with Hunter Biden. And, and, you know, I mean, that's really the first time a public figure has talked openly about it. Now forget the fact mm -hmm. they're not mentioning who my brother is or who my father mm -hmm. is or any of that. Mm -hmm. uh, at least they subpoenaed him. So, you know, maybe we'll start hearing about, you know, Hunter's connection to the Galanis crime family and the public finally. Mm, wonderful. I mean, Listen, uh, Derek, um, you know, Emily stepped out and uh, for a second, but Emily, I was asking Derek about the, you know, the news that he dropped on you and me this, you know, right before the podcast uh, about his brother. And he was just explaining, you know, how, you know, they, you know, he, his brother's now being subpoenaed, you know, for this case. I mean, what do you think about this, Emily? I mean, what I think about is, well, Devin Archer, did you mention Devin Archer, Derek? Yes. Not yet. Oh, not okay. Yet, yeah. well, we, well, we talked about Devin Archer in episode one, because that was when his whole testimony was going down, was being mm -hmm. called. And that's how I discovered the Galanis crime families through Devin Archer. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, you mentioned it before. I'll have to go back and watch. I believe you when you say it. But uh, when Tucker Carlson, did he bring it up to Devin yep. Archer about the Galanis? Well, no, I mean, the, the name Galanis was never said, which I think is very telling. Uh, what Tucker tried to ask about was the case, you know, the case that Devin Archer is, is slated to go to jail for, you know, a judge sentenced him to a year and a day. Um, and Archer says, well, I can't talk about it. It's an open case because, you know, he's been appealing forever and he's going to keep appealing until Joe's in a position to give him a pardon, I'm sure. So, you know, look, if, if there's any, you know, connection you need between, uh, Hunter Biden and the Glanis crime family is through Devin Archer, but Devin's been a, quite a soldier so far. Mom is the word, and I'm sure he's got something coming for from Joe for that. Mm. Well, in the in the um, subpoena here, it, it states that um, 
let's see here, the potential business deals that financially benefited his family. Let's talk about Biden. Indeed, Biden Business Associate Devin Archer testified how the Biden brand uh, was uh, used to retaining business. The committees have identified an individual in the Federal Bureau of Prisons custody, Jason, Mr. Jason Galanis, as possessing information relevant to our investigation and seek his testimony regarding these related topics. And it says that on September 24, 2020, Mr. Jason Galanis was sentenced to federal prison for allegations involvement in, in the tribal bond scheme, which I know about. I don't know much of our viewers know about, so we'll talk about that tonight. The Wall Street Journal reported there were allegations of Hunter Biden's involvement in that scheme. Was that the identity thing that went on with Hunter Biden? Well, he, yeah, I mean, that's the way his lawyers tried to spin it, Emily. But let, let me tell you this. Mm -hmm. I wrote the Wall Street Journal about two, three weeks before that article came out. And you can imagine, you know, my, my letter was Galanis crime family, Gambinos, um, you know, corruption, and they ignored it. But what they did do is they went into the case and they took everything that they took from court records. And even though they that Hunter's lawyers say, well, they used his name fraudulently, that's not what Devin Archer's lawyer said in court. Devin Archer's lawyer said in court, you can't talk about this deal without Hunter Biden's name being involved because Hunter Biden was an integral part of this deal. Now, Hunter's lawyers don't want to spin it that way, but Devin's lawyer said that in open court. So, you know, it's just that was the first and last time until Comer that any of this was mentioned in a major news media publication. You know, so, yeah, it's just the best kept secret, like I said. And it's very strange because, you know, my family's sordid history. I wrote a book about it. Mm. Right. Derek. I have your book. Yeah. No. And Derek, why do you Are think? You why do you think, Derek? Why do you think they're not talking about this? You know, I think that when they're throwing allegations around, like when they're labeling me again, being a crime family associate, that's okay because, you know, I'm a nobody, I'm a criminal and they can do that to me. But once they're getting tarnished themselves with their own paintbrushes, everything suddenly gets quiet, right? Because now you got to say that Hunter Biden's been doing business with Gambino Associates. Right. And and that's their mouth. Like they painted me with that brush. I didn't declare that. And suddenly I am. No, they they made me into that. So now they've got to explain that. And, and I think keeping it as quiet as possible is in their interest. Now, I'll be real honest with you. Uh, Rudy Giuliani recoded my father in the mid 80s. Um, now that Rudy's being recoded in Georgia, I don't have any idea why Rudy is being quiet about it. Or Donald, for that matter. I mean, it's in his interest to point these things out. Isn't it kind of ironic, don't you think, Derek, that, you know, Rudy, you know, putting that type of, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. He he went out there and went after all these mafiosos with this Rico stuff. Right. And now it's coming back to, you know, what do you think about that? That's kind of weird, right? Well, no, I mean, the irony is the right word, right? I mean, <laughs> right. listen. Rudy became what he hated. And by the way, I'll tell you something about that this. Happens a lot. That happens a lot, though. It absolutely Eric. does. You know, you, 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 like those who chase monsters, the old saying is, must be careful not to become monsters, right? And right. Rudy chased the worst monsters. Um, mm -hmm. But look, Rudy in about 2006, 2005, I was in Sandstone Prison. He actually got caught up on a pump and dump case just like IBTR or any of the number of pump and dumps I talk about in my book. And by the way, they kept him out of trouble on that. But one thing is just very obvious by now. 
Rudy became what essentially is John Galanis. He became my father. You know, he's got houses all over the country. He divorced his wife. He's under the new one and he's drunk all the time. He became <laughs> an underground financier. You know, he became what he said he hated, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think most of these political people are all drunk all the time. Was it what was the scandal of people finding whiskey bottles in Congress <laughs> in, in the house and stuff? Do criminals aren't able to write books here in Australia? That's interesting. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. And there's a reason behind it, they don't want this truth out. You uh, bet. <laughs> and, uh, Wayne Klingman says it's a hit job, it's a hit job. Yeah, it's a hit job. And, in this subpoena letter, too, it says the committee seeks to question Mr. Galanis about his firsthand knowledge of Hunter Biden's influence peddling. The committee's investigation requires that we obtain this information from Mr. Galanis. What do you think your brother has to be able well, to tell them? Emily, they shared offices for the Burnham conspiracy in New York. So very clearly there was one-on-one -on -one interaction between them, right? And, you know, I, I keep saying this over and over again, like Hunter Biden wasn't just tangentially involved. They certainly just didn't use his name without him knowing about it. First of all, he's on emails and, and a look at the Biden laptop proves that, you know, he's on emails with my brother and Jason Sugarman, who's controller Heidi Plank went away, but, but go further than that. Hunter Biden received money from the Burnham scam about $166,000. He was set to offload his broker dealer to the scam, which would have netted him more money. And he was raising money in China from a, uh, a private equity firm called Bohai Harvest for the Burnham conspiracy. Now, if he was anybody but the president's son, he would be cuffed and stuffed but listen, obviously, politically, U.S. attorneys look at that. They don't want to make a move. They don't want to jeopardize their futures, right? So everybody's scared. Like, oh, we better ignore this. And everybody's quiet about it. I mean, have you ever heard Hunter's name mentioned with Galanis on a major news media? Never, right? It's, it's crazy. Well, it's like when the subpoena came out, I didn't even think to look at it because how it was approached, it was like talking about those art deals and everything and then it, it says in the last part it's like the final person that's going to be called in is jason galanis and i just looked that up briefly before we went live just to see him like it's all coming up this art stuff art stuff art stuff and then at the end every single article says the final person to be called in subpoenaed is jason galanis that's yeah, crazy. Emily, like, like it's an afterthought, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, and by the way, here's the last one. I mean, my brother's the only one with organized crime connections on there. You know what I mean? And, and they, they act like it's it's not a big deal. And, and I think, you know, part of that comes to, I'm sure people are, are ashamed and they should be. Like, how do you get involved in deals with people like my father and brother and not know they're criminals? There's no way, right? One Google search. And you know exactly who they are. Hunter doesn't have an excuse. But as we know, Hunter wasn't looking for an excuse. He was involved with Whitey Bulger's nephew and everybody yeah. else. They, you know, they thought it was cool to run around the world and, you know, rob and pillage and, and live like the rest of us can't. And, you know, of course, now he's not held accountable for it. But, you know, that's as old as history, isn't it? Like, what if it was on the other side? What if this was Don Trump Jr., you know? Not quite it, with the media, it, you know, it's a it's a huge question. And I, I that's why I don't understand why Donald Trump doesn't say something about it. it. It almost makes me feel like there's a conspiracy at the top between all of them, because for the mm -hmm. life of me, I don't know why Donald wouldn't mention it.
I think they're all corrupt. Every one of all them. Green. Let's overturn. But like, we need to get rid of the two-party system. We need to put blue-collar workers in there if we have to have them. Get rid of them all. Let's start over. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's it's mm -hmm. not there. And have term limits. Term limits. Mm -hmm. get, get these people out. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And I have one more question about your brother, and we can move on, and I have will follow up, too. Um, so does he truly have files? I mean, he's been in prison since 2020, right? Or when was that? When My brother's been in prison since 2016. 2016. Like, is he going to remember stuff or do they have evidence to show him and he has to confirm? Like, how's this going to go? He's been in well, prison for well, a long look, time. I mean, so, you know, when you're called for a subpoena before Congress like that, um, you know, now my brother's word is going to be inflammatory. I'll be I'll be real honest with you, Emily. My, my concern is this. My father and brother are, are very street, right? Like it, it's the criminal roots that, that, that they have. And they're the kind of people who go, what are you going to do for me if, if I give this to you? And Comer and, and Jordan are not part of the judiciary. I don't mm -hmm. think that they can offer him a deal. I don't think they can offer him relief. And by the way, something I should mention, before I wrote the Wall Street Journal, I also wrote John Durham, who was doing his investigation mm -hmm. at the time. And Durham responded to me. He gave me his secretary said, Mr. Durham is aware of your correspondence. Thank you. I also know that Durham went and saw my brother. I also know that nothing happened. So my guess is my brother said to John Durham, hey, what are you going to do for me? And Durham said, I'm not going to do anything for you. You know, you're a fraudster. Uh, but tell, tell me what you know. And probably my brother wouldn't do that. Um, we'll see what he does with Comer and Jordan. I mean, he, he could get called there and take the Fifth Amendment for all we know. Uh, me personally, just knowing my brother and knowing the system, he might as well just say the truth. Why? Because half the country will love him. Right. And, you know, the other like right now, right. nobody loves him. He's not going back into the Democratic, you know, <laughs> warm embrace. They don't like right. him. I know he, that's how he, he leans. He's from L.A. effectively now. But the bottom line is they're done with him. So but, you know, look, I'm not inside my brother's mind. You know, my brother and father are twisted individuals. You know, I mentioned that they put a hit on me when they didn't want to pay me. You know, I protected them on my drug case. I mean. That that type of criminal mind I do not have, and I, I can't predict what they will do. I can't believe they did that, but then I do believe that they would do that. Psychopaths. You have it to be a psychopath. And it makes you wonder, I mean, because let me tell you this. One thing I know, the way my brother and father saw me is the same way I'm sure Jason Sugarman saw Heidi Plank. Meaning, like, mm. I, I created you. You were a nobody. You were an idiot. And I gave you everything and I gave you a life, you know, and, and, and now you're going against me and suddenly Heidi's dead and gone. And no one's really talking about that anymore either. You know, no, and we not. know my brother and father like plotted to murder me. So did that happen too? Perhaps. Well, speaking of family, and since it's the holidays, let's get into your family. How was life? <laughs> how, how was life like being raised by, by your Mob boss, I guess is that is that how, how I could refer to him? Mob boss, sure. father, sure. And sibling. Was was your brother the golden child, and then like you were kind of like the scapegoat, or or something? I, absolutely. I mean, listen, my brother's model handsome. Um, you, you can you can uh, Google him online for photos, and he looks like a movie star. 
Um, and, you know, look, one fact about life uh, is, is that, you know, we're judged often by our looks, right? As much as anything else. It doesn't mean you can be a bumbling moron by any means. My brother's very articulate. He's very smart. Um, but he's also model good looking. And, and quite frankly, that served him very well. I mean, my father fell for that same trap over and over again. And I say fell loosely because he knew what the world wanted. I'll tell you this, our, our criminal associate, Tommy Gambino, the boss of L.A., is model good looking in his own Italian way as well. And my father funded him millions of dollars. You essentially create their success, if you can call it success, your criminal success, by, by virtue of who they are, they're born into right away. I mean, I, n- I never really had a chance or an opportunity. And, and looking back, I understand that now. But, you know, I spent so many years, like so many of us do, trying to please my father, please my mother. And I finally realized, listen, I went to, to prison for this guy for, you know, I exposed myself to 20 years and now I'm going to jail for him again. I can never please this guy. And I finally mm-hmm. woke up. Yeah. Go ahead, Will, if you want to. I, I've, asked yeah. I've asked enough right now. <laughs> no, 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 that's, 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 that's fine. Uh, Derek, one thing I wanted to know, and, you know, we're talking about this now, and you're talking about family, and it got my wheels turning. And I want to know if your brother reached out to you and said, hey, listen, Derek, uh, I need help. I'm changing. I'm a changed person. Would you lend a help helping hand to your brother? Would, would that be something that you would, would do? Well, I'd be real honest with you. Listen, I, I've yeah. dealt with my brother and father for long enough <laughs> to know that uh, something like that would be a ruse. So yeah. I would be very, it would be very, very tentative to try yeah. to help him. I, I don't think, you know, sociopaths don't have consciences like normal people. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. it's normal for us to try to ascribe that to them, like, because we're normal. Like, oh, right. well, they must be normal. They can change. And, and the truth is they're not capable of change. I mean, if you, that my father doesn't prove that, I don't know what will, you know, they think differently. Narcissists, sociopaths are a different breed. And to yes. be honest with you, my brother hasn't talked to me for years and years. I mean, even when we were criminal associates, he didn't really talk to me much. He doesn't have any respect for me. And that's fine. I mean, I, I get it. I mean, from, from his perspective of the world, I understand why he doesn't respect me. Listen, I'm loyal. You know, uh, I have honor. You know, I, I don't betray people. And that's what he does on a daily basis. So, you know, they, it's like oil and water. There's no mixing. Mm. And just real quick to everybody that's listening um, via radio um, and things, your dad is out of prison, right? And your brother's still. Well, he's, he, he's on what you would call like, a, a, I don't want to call it a work release. That would be a state thing. He's on home confinement. Okay. So technically he's part of the BOP still. Um, but, you know, Trump, uh, created that law that I think was very good for a little bit of prison reform, which we need in this country because we incarcerate everybody. Um, right. I, it just so happens that my father, lucky that he is, slips through the cracks. And, you know, because he, he's older, he got out too. Um, you know, and, and that's going to happen. Look, whenever you do something that's positive, bad people are going to benefit too. But you got you to weigh the good and the bad. And I think at the end of the day, you know, that was the right thing to do. Uh, Trump's prison reform. I just can't imagine how I would feel if I knew my family I, because I would never do it. So it makes a lot of sense. Like your mind can't wrap around to put a hit out on my brother. It, did they ever say anything like I'm sorry or anything about that? Probably not. But <laughs> just no, I'm like, sorry. 
That's like, what I'm sorry. I'm, by the way, happy, happy. I love birthday. how innocent you are, Evelyn. I love well, it. You're so like, sweet. You're so well, sweet. It's just, I love like, you. I don't know. He's sitting in prison and stuff, and it's like, yeah, maybe you're so bro- sweet. Brother's yeah, no. birthday. I'm gonna reach out. To Derek, him tell me. Right. <laughs> was there any well, apology? Emily, listen, I was in prison for my brother protecting him. Uh, they tried to give me 20 years. I got 11. I beat it down to nine. For six and a half years, my brother never came and saw me. You know, yeah. he just he just ignored it. Now, keep in mind, I was prote- I protected him with my own body. So he didn't, he didn't he didn't care. And no, they would never apologize. There's there's no apology to that. No. There's your listener that just said that. Yeah, sociopaths mm-hmm. do not apologize. No. Okay, I got another question now. Um, so we talked about your dad and your brother. So what about your mom? How does your mom feel? So you know, my, all this. Do you talk to her? Do you have a relationship with her? I do not. Um, you know, my mom. So it, it's very interesting. You know, um, when you go down the rabbit hole of becoming a criminal, um, little by little, you sell your soul. So you don't start out as some demon, right? But before you know it, you kill people, leave them in a ditch. You know, most people don't start out thinking, "Oh, I'm a killer." You know, my mom, I think, started out with very good intentions. But by the end of the day, she effectively was my dad's slave. Um, and, and she sold her, her children into a life of crime so she could be kept in luxury. Um, and, you know, I, I'm sure that's very hard for her to deal with. We don't talk. And what is there really to talk about? You know, she knows what she did. Um, you know, it is what it is. I remember on my drug case, the DEA targeted my mom first because they figured they knew I was close to my mom. They said, OK, we'll get the, the we'll get her to get Derek to roll over on Gambino and everyone else because she'll have an influence. But what they didn't realize is my mom just pulled my dad's party line, which is, you know, never snitch. We don't snitch. Now forget the fact that my dad snitches every single time he gets in trouble. It's just that I couldn't snitch when, when other people were on the line. So yeah, no, my mom sold her soul to my dad a long time ago. Is she still married to him? Oh yeah, she is. They live together somewhere in San Diego right now. That is a loyal woman. Yeah. Well, loyal or you know, let's be honest, Will. Scared, right? Scared? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Probably right. You know what? Yeah. Thinking about it that way, yeah, you're right. Probably just scared and terrified to get out of a situation like that. And by the way, that's where you have to choose. Look, I always thought of myself as a very loyal guy when when I protected them on the drug case. I thought of myself as a man of honor. I'm protecting them. It's my family. The government can't bend me over. I'll do a million years. I'll do life. They give me the death penalty. And then you wake up one day and you recognize, wait a minute, uh, I'm being used. And then you have to decide, okay, are you scared now to do the right thing against your own family? Or are you just going to accept that this is your life and they got over on you and you're a patsy? Well, you know, for me, that was it. You know, I, I, I came forward and I said what I said. Now, one thing I wouldn't do is I wouldn't testify against my little brother or my friend Emer in Kosovo. And because of that, I got the same time in prison as my father, which, by the way, I knew I would. I told them when the crime went down, I said, guys, you're going to pay me my money because when this goes down, I'm going to get the same time as you. Well, they kind of knew that. They didn't care. They weren't going to pay me, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of scared, in your book, I, re- I read part some of some of it, which we've discussed how I can read, but um, <laughs> in mo- moments of time, which is not very much when you have a child and it's back to school yes. and sports. 
Yes. So yep. the amount that I've read, speaking of scared, I do remember reading something in, in, in this book and it's very well written. It almost feels like you're watching a movie when you read it. So I highly recommend it to people. Greed and Fear of the Galanis Crime Family. It, it, you did a great job, Derek. You really did. You. Um, you talk about a time, I think, I have it bookmarked, but um, where was it the uh, Philadelphia Gambino, Philadelphia Gambino family? Um, like scared John so much that your mom packed up everything. And how old were you when, when that happened? Tell us a little bit about that story. Well, you know, I was a child, you know, when that happened. Um, you know, my father was doing business in Atlantic City. And, you know, like all those financiers, like Trump, you know, like my dad, any of those New York financiers, they're bullies, right? They, they scream, they yell, they rant and rave. But what they don't do is they don't murder people. Well, you know, in that time in the mob, they murdered people, you know, and they would throw that weight around. They came and saw my dad and they said, look, you know, we know you're you're building a you know a project in in our city. You're gonna pay us. My my dad got terrified, you know, and my dad was absolutely terrified of them. Uh, and I think you know, fear and veneration go hand in hand. So my dad feared them, but I think at the same time he very much uh, looked up to them because they were the only people that could really scare him. Now. The irony in all that, of course, is as the world changed, as Rudy, who we've talked he about, those people became more like John. So John was just fooling himself. I mean, Tommy Gambino, the boss of L.A., John gave him millions of dollars to make him successful. Um, and John didn't have any reason to fear Tommy Gambino. It was simply his own... Uh, his own id, his own ego, his own, you know, uh, desire to be associated or connected. Um, so I, my dad's relationship with the mafia was one very damaging to him um, in his psyche and whatnot. And somehow he always tried to portray himself as being one of them. Well, one thing I can assure you, Emily, is they treated him like a mark. Like, yeah, this idiot financier is going to pay us more money. But financiers like my dad don't think like that. First of all, they're stealing the money anyway. So they got to give a million dollars to the Gambinos and then they can pretend like they're friends. They do it. And, you know, me, I would never do that. I mean, if someone tried to extort me, there'd be one finger in their face, you know? So exactly. <laughs> the middle. The yes, middle. right. That's right, <laughs> Emily. Yep. Not the thumb. Nope. <laughs> Snap the thumbs up. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's a crazy world. You you said murder with mafia and everything. I think now the mafia still kills people, but we in, uh, we title it suicide. Mm. They they were suicide. So we got Jeffrey Epstein. We got all this stuff going on in 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 the prisons and stuff. And outside, like all these people have been you know, killed off, in my opinion, by, based by suicide, connected with big families that are crime families that are also political in our mm -hmm. system. Do you think if your brother actually speaks and starts saying the truth and presenting stuff and they can find evidence to back up what your brother's saying against this, do you think he might, something might happen to him in prison as well? Well, you know, Emily, here's my opinion on Epstein. Um, he had the goods on everybody in the world from the British crown on down, right? Donald Trump, um, you know, uh, Bill Gates, any number of liberals. Well, you know, so the bottom line is he had to go. 
Um, and by the way, I was in New York MCC uh, not long before Epstein got killed there. There is no way, there is no way he committed suicide in that prison. Absolutely impossible. By the way, credit Tucker Carlson, he says it, he knows it. Um, he tried to make us think about it and they just completely shut him down. Apparently, you know, Epstein was in the hole and they opened all the cells in the hole. Anybody who knows anything about prison, guys, you're in the hole to be in solitary. You might have one roommate, but you don't have anybody else. For them to open up all the cells in the hole makes no sense at all. And the cameras weren't working and everything else. Right. Please, the man was murdered. Yeah, I mean, the man, the man was murdered. And, you know, it's just done over with. Well, I mean, I, I'm placing Hunter Biden in the, in this ring up a little bit higher than other things. Like, do you think that something similar could happen to your brother if he actually truly presents? So I worry about Devin Archer, even with, with the stuff he said, um, you know, or or are they just going to wash it under? Because if something truly did happen to these people, we're all going to know. It's, it's well, gonna... Remember, what did Archer really say? Archer said, yeah, we used the Biden name. You know, he's protecting Hunter still because otherwise he could talk about Hunter being involved with my brother. Well, he he also spoke about that he witnessed movement with Hunter in, in having Joe Biden on the phone or, or something in these deals as well. So he witnessed, testified that, yes, he was involved, not just using the name, but he actually heard Joe Biden being part of the scheme or or you know, talking to get these deals for Hunter. So I don't know. I just worry, I worry about, about it. if you really, truly come out. That's probably why everybody stays quiet so much. I mean, your own life's at risk. Well, I mean, I, I listen, I'm, I'm not worried quiet. about my brother because I know he's not Unless worried about you me. Unless you give me something, right, Derek? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I'll tell you if you give me give me something, get out a prison card or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's the quid pro quo that my brother wanted, I'm sure. And that's why they got subpoenaed. You know, I have no mm -hmm. doubt. I mean, I just know how my brother and father operate. Mm -hmm. Derek, what would you say to your father and brother if you all sat down for Thanksgiving dinner? <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, a hell of a like, question, right? Guys, there's just nothing to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they, they know, look, they're not, they're sociopaths, but they're not stupid. They right. know what they did, right? They right. know what, what, what happened. So um, there's nothing really to discuss. I mean, all of us, you know. Quick dinner. Yeah, it would be, it would be, uh, yeah, <laughs> de definitely yeah. fingernails grinding into the table there. Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I say that, you know, jokingly, but, you know, it's, you know, it's really a hard thing, you know, when you have family like that and you kind of have to, you know, expel them from your life in a way. Right. And, and it, is it hard for you to do that or is it something that because like, let me just give you an example. I have kind of similar situations in certain other parts of my life and, you know, family and I've cut them out. And for me, it's kind of easy for me to do that. I don't know. It's kind of weird as I've gotten older. It's easy for me to do that. Is it easy for you to do that or is it is it hard and you find it taxable to do that? Well, you know, well, keep in mind, I spent like 43 years of my life 
trying to integrate myself and be like them and, and, you know, trying to be their equal or at least respected by them, if not their equal. Um, and, and what I came to at the end, I faced the same road my mother faced. So if I didn't do what I did, if I didn't stand up and speak up, it would have meant simply that I was afraid. And one thing I can't stand, it's why I'm unextortable too. Like you're not going to scare me. You know, you can kill me. Anybody can be killed, but you're just not, you're not going to prevent me from speaking the truth. And so the inner battle was inside myself. Do I have the courage to step up now that my father and brother have made their move? I mean, they, they made it very clear what they wanted to do. Right. They robbed me. They sent me to prison. They threatened to murder me. So like it was, it was all out there. So now what am I going to do? Well, I wrote my book. I'm on your show. I've got my, my own, uh, you know, social media going on it. I talk yeah. about it nonstop and, you know, I'll keep talking. Even, even if it washes over and nobody talks about Hunter in the Galatasaray, I'm still going to talk about it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Emily? I'm having technical difficulty in Kentucky tonight. <laughs> <laughs> this has we happened before, Kentucky. but not, not like this. I'm, I'm just going to say the freezing weather here mm. last few days is, is to blame. On it. But we have a, quite a few people uh, tuning in. I appreciate everybody. We got uh, Christopher James tuning in, Julie, um, and then uh, we have Eddie, huh? uh, um, and they're tuning in. So if anybody's watching, please leave a comment, ask me a question. We appreciate you all. Thank you for listening on 107.7 FM, New Orleans, too. We, lo- we love our listeners down that way. Um, and then please share this out. It helps our guests, our show, and the network. So thank you, everybody. Get the truth out there. That's the only way we can do this stuff is share it. Like That's right. I don't ever ask for money. Just share the show. <laughs> <clears throat> share it. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. It's about sharing this information. And, you know, as we were talking about earlier, Derek, you know, they don't talk about the story about your brother. It's completely buried. And so, you know, it's up to the alternative media like this, what we're doing right. here in other podcasts like us to share this information, make sure this gets out because if not, Nobody would ever know. Nobody would ever know. No. I tell you, Will, I I mean, that Wall Street Journal article, I really think I I pitched a screwball by by them, right? And that was the first and last time anything in major media talked about it. Now, they covered it real well. They took everything from court records, and they said Hunter Biden's name used in fraudulent scam against his knowledge, which isn't true. But, you know, I think they tried to cover that so they wouldn't be attacked directly. Mm-hmm. So Derek, when when you were friendly with your dad and your brother, what what was your job in this family uh, mafia scam scheme that was so? Uh, you know, I I had a way of integrating myself with people and uh, you know getting their trust and leading them. So, you know, I had a lot of people that I sort of uh, acted as the main liaison. So my brother and father could be off. Alpha and Span. Yeah. So I would, yeah. I would, you know, I mean, and a lot of people, you know, look, <laughs> uh, uh, people, I, I, I'm able to ingratiate myself with people because I am real. So they were able right. to use my realness to their advantage. You know, they thought, well, figure Derek's real. This whole thing must be real. And they don't mm-hmm. actually have to look at my father and brother for who they really are. So you were you were the negotiator? I wouldn't say negotiator by any means. They wouldn't let me negotiate anything. Um, they would let me handhold. 
they would let me uh, deal with people that we needed on our side when we were putting scams together. I'll give you an example. On the Indian bond fraud, there was a tribal member named Rayson Reigns who loved the UFC and MMA. And as you know, I wrote my second book on that. So they put me with Rayson to go to UFC matches and talk to him and ingratiate myself with him. Uh, we had a trader named Mark McMillan. Uh, Mark loved the stock market. And I, you know, I studied the stock market for six years while I was away in, in prison, was protecting everybody. So, you know, I could talk the market at that time as well as anybody. So, you know, I would deal with Mark in that regard. We had a doctor named Glenn Biasios. Um, and, you know, Glenn and I shared a lot of the same interests. So they used me to, to sort of smooth with Glenn. So they would use me that. They would also use me as sort of like a faux muscle. Like, well, I don't know, if Derek gets angry, this is gonna what's going to happen to you. So they would use that as, as, as a vacuous threat, like, like all their threats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you were muscular back then, too. I don't, I don't know why I can't see you now, but back then you were into – like we talk about UFC and all that kind of he stuff. He was Jack. Derek was Jack back then. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like he yeah. would, I would be scared. I would not be messing with you. I'm going to try to pull up a picture. <laughs> like, there's mm-hmm. no way. You had the advantage of being able to to basically you know, win the confidence of these people and also at the same time be the intimidator at the same time if need be. So you had both of those leverage yeah. in your favor. The intimidator. Um, That's his name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure that that was something that they found of great value in as far as your father and your brother, right? I mean, well, I, I'm I'm sure they did and they did, but the, yeah. here's the thing with my father and brother, and keep this in mind. <laughs> there he is. Yeah, there's some shots. They they, they discount they discount everything everyone else does. So although uh, they they did use that, they acted right. like it wasn't important. Because to them, the only thing that's important is themselves, you know? Right, right, yeah. That narcissist yeah. mentality, right? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy, yeah. As if, as oh, if I was some kind to... of freeloader. <laughs> I, I will tell you this. I mean, I write, we're, we're going back to prison, and I, I go to a hotel that we're staying at before we're getting mm-hmm. – uh, going for some court hearing and some waiter at the hotel says to me, Hey, uh, your father came here. He goes, he told me he's got one son who's a lawyer, one son who's investment banker, one son who owns a car lot, one son who mooches off him. And what the, the restaurant guy didn't know was the mooch was me. And I was livid because let me tell you something. I got peanuts for all the work I did for my father and all the, the, the time behind jail. But you understand, mm-hmm. that's what narcissists do. They that's they right. belittle you the person it. they're about to kill or emasculate, right? They, they, they value you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did, did, you have a, did you have a nickname? Anything uh, growing they, up? Or? They call me Deeks. 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 Okay. I can yeah. see like, that. Yeah. yeah. Deeks, I like that. Yeah. So I don't know all these all these uh, possible gangsters. They all have nicknames, but I, I, I don't know if you have a nickname. <laughs> I have I, I've created some nicknames for you tonight, just to let you know. I'll send them to you <laughs> after the show. Let's hear them. <laughs> the negotiator, the intimidator. The negotiator, the intimidator. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I had one more a few minutes ago. Oh, I hate to say this, you won't like it. The mooch. I'll just call you oh. mooch. 
Yeah, he won't like I, that. I, I don't like I didn't that. Hear you. Yeah. Oh, the, 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 <laughs> he didn't hear me. Oh, I'm not gonna repeat. Good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know you're joking, but yeah, I don't. I didn't hear myself either. <laughs> Derek, was there something that your dad or your brother ever asked you to do that you just said, you know what, I'm not going to do it? Yeah, my father asked me to kill someone um, mm -hmm. when we were in New York. He was out. It was 2000 or 2001. He finally got paroled after like 13 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were having trouble with the Albanians we were working with in Kosovo. Um, and my father felt like, you know, if we killed one of the Albanians there, that the rest of them would fall in the line. So he's like, Derek, yeah, cut this guy's throat and, and stick his dick in his mouth or something like that. Sorry, I didn't say that online. Wow. No, that's okay. It's okay. No, it's okay. It's all right. So, it's okay. So I, you know, people wonder like what goes I mean, it's on not okay, here. but it's okay. Yeah. So people, people, people think like what goes on in your mind with that? And I will tell you, we're all human. So I was thinking to myself, wow, okay, now the time has come. I got to prove myself and I was nervous about it, but I was thinking about how to get this done um, because my dad ordered it and, you know, he's the boss and, you know, I got to get it done. I, what, what do you say? You, you step up or you step off. Um, right. Then my dad had a blood clot the next day yeah. and he was in the hospital and uh, I came to the hospital and he said to me, Derek, about that thing, just, just forget about it. And I was angry because, you know, he had jacked me all up. I had planned this murder in my mind, what I'm going to do when I get back there. And I said to him, I said, look, I'll do what I want to do. And he said, okay. But you got to understand my dad's mindset there. My dad just didn't want to be implicated himself. Mm -hmm. So as long as he was no longer the one giving the, the word, he was fine with me doing whatever I wanted. Um, right. Now, uh, thank God, you know, my conscience took over. And I never did anything like that. And by the way, those are the moments, just like I talked about with me and my mom, that where you decide whether you're going to step off a cliff or not. You know, uh, Freddie Gaius was a, a Greek guy who hung around with the, uh, the Italian mob in Boston. And he committed a few murders for them, right? And he's in jail for life. And, and that was my moment. Like, if I had done that, you know, that very well likely would have been my end. Yeah. And by the yeah. way, don't think for a moment my father wouldn't given me up as a murderer to yeah. get out of his own, yeah. out of his own thing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely yeah. He would. Speaking yeah. of, of murders and Italians and um, the, the Galanis crown family is associates with Gambino, correct? Yeah. Gambino. Like just a couple weeks ago, there was 10 members or so associates of Gambino from um, that were arrested up in New York area and also some people over in italy i don't know uh, somewhere over there also arrested and now they're looking and digging for bodies in a farm up in upper new york like this is absolutely godfather stuff going on do you do you keep up on, on the current news with all these crime families um you know outside galanis um with the gambinos and things like that <laughs> I do. I mean, listen, when I first got home, the Gambino bus going on then was a carpentry union. They were, you know, they were uh, robbing their taxes or something or not paying their taxes. And, and it was very much in line with what I've talked about, how the mob has moved on from their old school things. Now, the recent bus that you're talking about, 
um, involves Sicilian mafiosos. And one of the things that's very prominent in my book is the Cherry Hill Gambinos, the sons of whom I grew up with, right? They, the guy was in prison with my father. Uh, they're from Sicily, right? The, the Sicilian mafia did a reverse takeover of the Gambino crime family. Um, once Gotti went away, the mm-hmm. Sicilians came back. Why is that, right? The Sicilians don't go out there and make themselves into movie stars. That's what John Gotti did. And John Gotti broke himself doing that, right? Like, all you do is put a target on your head and say, hey, Rico me. And how many offices went after Gotti? A million, right? Everybody wants the credit. Now, the Sicilians are way more subtle. Um, you know, Tommy Gambino, the, the son of Rosario, who is, you know, with my father in Terminal Island, is boss of Los Angeles, and he's involved strictly in financial fraud. That's it. Frank Kelly also was involved strictly in financial fraud. He married into the Inzerillos who are related to that same Gambino clan. And by the way, just if there's any confusion, Rosario Gambino, John Gambino, Joe Gambino, they share the last name Gambino because they were Carlo Gambino's cousins. But they were not the Gambino crime family until Gotti went away and they sort of reverse took it over. Frank Kelly married into their family. John Gambino sat on their board for a long time. So, you know, for me, it's interesting. Now, this current case you're talking about is about old school mm-hmm. stuff. I think it was in the, you know, the demolition business that is very lucrative there, right? And and these bodies, I guarantee you, are not recent bodies. These are bodies from 20 years ago, right? So yeah, somebody finally takes a hint, yeah, when the mafia was different, and now somebody's giving up bodies based on old stuff that went on. Well, and re- real quick, I just want to remind people too, Rosario Gambino was pardoned by Bill Clinton. Well, right? oh, oh, so, so, so there, there's a whole story there. He wasn't pardoned. So Rosario okay. sought a pardon with Tommy uh, going to Roger Clinton, Bill Clinton's uh, brother. That's brother. Um, and, That's and it. Tommy, Tommy gave... Roger Clinton, a Rolex watch worth over $10,000 um, and other money, of course. Um, and by the way, it's all part of congressional testimony. Uh, Tommy talked to me about, you know, it's in my book. You, when you get a little further, uh, Emily, you'll get yeah. to it. Tommy okay. met in a, a Washington parking garage with Bill and Hillary Clinton. And he told me, my brother, my father about this directly face to face about what happened and what Bill said and that he had saved the parking ticket. Um, which, you know, this is just further, you know, proof of Democratic's links to organized crime that goes back since the Kennedys, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Chicago. And, and then me, I don't know if you know this, Derek, or anything, but I, I, I follow the money in my research and stuff. And th- there's a lot of stuff with Hugh Rodman, Hillary's dad, that... He kind of was like a mob boss in Chicago after Al Capone passed away. Yeah, I, I've heard a lot about that. You know, there's a Chicago way of doing business. I, I don't have any connections with Chicago Mafia, though. Hmm. Derek, where do you think this all goes now? Um, you know, with your brother, you know, being subpoenaed. Where, where's, where do you think this goes? Can I tell you where I hope it goes, Will, and where I think it probably will go? Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah, so where I hope it goes is my brother comes out. He tells the truth before Congress. 
He, mm-hmm. he exposes Hunter's involvement in the Indian bond fraud. And, um, you know, there's finally some, some accountability there. Uh, mm-hmm. What I think will happen is my brother being very criminal-like, very, what are you going to do for me if I do this for you? We'll take the Fifth Amendment and say nothing. Um, I, and I think the story dies there, you know, and, and, and Devin Archer gets pardoned and we never are the wiser. Right. And that's and stuff rolls on. Look, listen, I, I, I complain a lot. Right. But Jeffrey Epstein died in his cell and nobody's investigating that anymore. So, right. you know, for me, I look at it. Hunter's financial fraud is small potatoes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Oh, well, you know, it still bothers me so much that about that case. There. Who was, over that, who was over that prison during that time or the investigation, right? No. Bill Barr. He was he was the person he was the person that was over that to investigate. Well, Bill Barr's dad is the one that hired Jeffrey Epstein to that private school as a teacher, which Jeffrey Epstein never graduated college. And he was he was the teacher back in the day in that private school in New York. So it goes deep, everybody. This is deep. He's the keystone. I think he's the keystone. Emily, I heard that and I forget it. You know, there's so many twists and turns with all this. It's hard to keep it all straight. But yeah, he was a keystone. And that's why he's no longer there, because he could bring the whole house down. Do you really think he died? You, I mean, he was he didn't kill himself. I'm just going to say that. I don't believe that he was murdered or I still think he might still be alive and he might be in Israel. I mean, there's talks of him being Mossad and then Glenn Maxwell's dad robert maxwell was Mossad, so you know i almost think that they've kept him and just keep kept him hidden or something i don't know well i don't know either obviously what i believe is that they use probably a career criminal that has no voice right i i have no voice and i'm not even a career criminal right they, they probably used a career criminal to kill him um and then left it at that and called it a suicide um, who's going to believe some crazy guy who's a pedophile and a murderer already, you know? And and so it's just, they can get away with whatever they want. Um, you know, could they get a, here's the one, one thing I do know. The more people you have in a conspiracy, the more difficult it is to keep it quiet. So if the coroner is actually paid off as well, but listen, at this point, Emily, nothing would surprise me. I mean, I am stunned that every six months, some huge thing comes out whether it's my brother being subpoenaed, whether it's Heidi Plank disappearing, whether it's Jason Sugarman not being indicted, and we still hear nothing about the Galanises. I'll tell you this, my father was a big deal in the 80s. I mean, they wrote article after article on him. Now, when he's involved with the president's son, nothing. So, you know, they can do whatever they want. They have the power. They have the control. They own the media. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have a question and then I have Will follow up and ask you maybe a final question here. So as I mentioned, reading your book and, and it's very well written. Everybody, please go buy his book. The link's in, in, in the comments here and uh, or in the description. And then if you're listening via radio, um, the description's on the website. So please go to the radio website. You'll, you'll see it. Please buy his book. It's very well written. It's also written like a story. Like when I read it, I think of a movie. So is there going to be a movie or anything? Has anybody contacted you about possibly doing something like this in the future? 
Well, listen, I mean, when I wrote it, did I think there would be? Of course I did, Emily. But all of these things that would make it movie worthy, right, are being kept mum. So it makes me wonder if, you know, anyone's really going to care enough. I mean, look, all I can do is keep up staying out here, you know, speaking my truth and, and being in the public as much as I can. And you guys are one of the few people with the courage to have me on, you know, certainly, you know, they, they talked to what Tony Bobolinsky <laughs> to death on Fox media. <laughs> they don't have me on. you know. So I don't know what to tell you. Uh, yeah. What more of a, a, a of a, a, what they say, a, a name, right? Bobolinsky. Really? I mean, come on. <laughs> it's you because your up. name it's because your name does not end in a, uh, your last name does not end in a vowel. Take that S off and, and Galani. Uh, We're going to have Galani on. Derek Galani. Well, and you'll be some, some, of, some of the black guys in prison my first time used to call me Galani because of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's about most of these people have a last name that ends in a vowel. So. Well, I'm, I'm Greek, right? And that's that's part of the trick too, right? I'm not, you know, one of the things, and I mentioned Freddie Gaius before, who was a hitman for the Italian mob that was Greek. The Italians are very smart and and, and people they know they use people outside of their, their, their ranks for murders all the time because why? They don't want to get their hands dirty. They don't want their children going to jail. They don't want their cousins going to jail, right? They, it's better to use some outsider um, then to use you, there was that Polish guy, the Iceman, right? Iceman, that was yeah. ordering people for them for Ted years. Kaczynski, yeah. 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 He was actually the first serial killer I actually did a, a report on in high school. Ted Kaczynski, the Iceman. And it was amazing. I mean, the guy was smart. He would put people on ice, literally, and you would never be able to tell when he actually killed them. So it's just like, I don't know. Yeah, Will. So Kaczynski was a Unabomber, but I know he. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I know who you mean. Yeah, and he, he admits it. By the way, this is the the just like with me with my father and brother, the Italians paid that guy peanuts, the Ice Man. Oh really? Like almost no. Oh yeah. And he said it. He goes, "Look, I was naive. I had no idea what I was doing was that important to them. He was mm -hmm. he was used. And by the oh. way, that's what that whole life is. They use people. Well, uh, here's a question too. Was he? Was he considered maybe poverty or low income too? Because they like to manipulate low income uh, families or, or people associated low income and promise them all kinds of things. And then they start giving them some money, which is more than what they've ever gotten. And they think they're making bank and it's really peanuts. It's Richard Emily, Kuklinski, by the way. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. but, and, but like, so let's juxtapose that against my father. My father takes people who are upper middle class, right? That maybe make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. And he dangles the fact that they could make millions, millions. right? And they never do, but it's the lure that they could. So it's the same move. It's the same game, you know? I mean, whether you are a street gangster or whether you're my father, it's all organized crime. And in the end, it's all sociopathic behavior. Richard well, Kuklinski, have... by the way. <laughs> That's what was his name. Kuklinski? Kuklinski, yeah. Richard. Clink, 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 clink. Kuklinski. Clink, clink, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's his right. nickname, Clink. The Clink. clink. <laughs> um, I have one last question, and then I'll have uh, Will follow up uh, with a one last question here. So I mentioned a movie earlier. If there could be a movie come out, Derek. I'm hoping for it later on. I might be 70 years old and a movie comes out. I'll be so excited about it. 
But who have you ever thought about who would play you? <laughs> in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who would you want to play you? There's there's a part in the book, Emily. I'm going to let you get to it on your own. Where okay. where I'm young and I still have hair and everything else, and people are comparing me to a star at the time because I had the same haircut. But I'm not, uh, you know, I who's going to play me? People say I look like Jocko, <laughs> that yeah, guy who does Jocko that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. You do look like him. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. they say? Yeah. yeah, you do. Yeah. What's his name? Jocko Wilnick. J O C K O Wilnick. L W I L K I N A. The MMA guys I used to trade with said I looked like that professional wrestler. What was his name? The one who won the gold medal in the Olympics and then went into Oh, Kurt Angle. Yeah. 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 Another one. It's true. Listen, it's just a bald guy. Yeah, but Jack, a jacked bald guy. No, no. Yeah, come on. (laughs) Wow, Derek. I mean, listen. There's there's got to be more. There's got to be more material you're going to be putting out there, right, Derek? I mean, you got to come up with another book or something. I'm sure, right? Yeah, I mean, guys, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. Writing that book was very painful for me because I had to dig up, you know, a lot of nasty stuff that happened. Um, and you know, my editor, and you know, Emily, you've complimented the book so much and thank you, but that yeah. that's owed to my editor. You know, I, my editor was, a uh, a guy I met on my first bid. He's an Orthodox Jewish rabbi. And he was the one who reached out and helped me when I wanted to write that book in there. And my, of course my wife now also, um, but that's why it's any good. I don't know that I want to delve back into that world. He's wanted to redo it because, you know, it's it's on a prison typewriter, as you guys know. And by the way, there's a story behind that. It's not on a typewriter because I wanted it to be. I, I had nobody to put no it choice. in the computer. Yeah, right. so so yeah. I, I I had the, the chomos in the prison type up what I wrote. And then, uh, and I would send it out. We literally put that onto into a book. So it's wow. quite literally a prison book, but I don't have the heart to go back and do it over again. Um, you know, my second book was about martial arts um, and that's my passion. And I love mm-hmm. that. Um, and so I could see me doing something there at the same time, you know, listen, human behavior is very much the same. You should Hear some of the things the UFC guys say about me, you know, mm-hmm. things that I, I'm amazed. But, you know, listen, jealousy, envy, ego, you know, people are just very disappointing much of the time. Yeah. We we do have a question, Christopher James, um, and, and we'll let you go here shortly here, Derek. Um, I, he does have a question here. Derek, do you recognize my my Sicilian uncle who was in the mafia? Christopher James, I ne- you never told me about this. Um, his okay. name was Enzo. I Cristiano. If if he was the Enzo I'm thinking of that was related to the Gambinos, yeah, I read a whole brief on a murder case that you know involved him and the Gambinos and whatnot. Um, they were passing that around in New York when my father was free. And I just skimmed over it. So the only place I know him from is just reading about his court docs. Well, Derek, I want to tell you this. I appreciate you very much. And I really love your story. And thank you for putting all this out. We're going to have to have you come back on after your brother testifies and see what happens with that. Absolutely. 
where where can people find you if they want to look you up or any social media can you let everybody know yeah guys so uh, if you want to hear about mafia crime corruption uh my tiktok account at derek meyer galanis is that um if you're more into the fight game uh my tiktok account at derek galanis is that uh, i put both on my facebook which is Derek Meyer Galanis and my Instagram, which is Derek Galanis. Uh, anyone wants to reach out with any questions? I am there. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome, Derek. Well, thank, thank you. you. Uh, have a wonderful Christmas. We really appreciate yes. you coming on the show and everybody, thank please go guys. listen to part one. Part one was really good. We go into a lot more details mm-hmm. about Hunter Bodden and, and Devin Archer on part one. So thank you, Derek. We'll let you go for the evening. Merry Christmas. Bye. Happy New Year. We'll see you. We'll see you next year. So, all right. Bye. All right. There we go. Derek Galanis. End of our Mafia Month. By the way, everybody, uh, a Mafia Month was actually um, some things happened with that Gambino crime scene up there. Oh, yeah. It disrupted everything. That's why Larry Mazza couldn't come on the show. I was like, are you for real? And he's like, yeah, Yeah. I got to go to New York. So, uh, We're going to be having Larry Mazza back on in the new year. We're going to also have, um, I had to cancel the show with Gallo, Joey Gallo, um, because my son had a basketball game. So Mm -hmm. it didn't work out as planned, but that's okay. We're going to, we're going to work these people back in. Joey Gallo is awesome. Her her dad Mm -hmm. was crazy. Joe Gallo actually saw him get killed in that restaurant and stuff. So she has a great testimony. Thank you everybody for tuning in. We appreciate you all. We're going to be back here again. Hold on. Jason Bader says, Iceman Confessions of Mafia Hitman. I'll That's check it. Galanis book. Yes. Yeah. And by the way, I need to mention this one more time. I've said it several times. I wanted to pitch it really well, especially on 107.7. If you're all listening, Greed and Fear, the Galanis Crime Family, please. I've, I've only read about 100 pages of it, and that's what I can get to right now because I'm so busy, but it's really good. I promise. It's like a movie. Mm-hmm. It, it is. It's really good. So please check that out. Get get his book. Buy it. It's an amazing story. It feels like you are watching a movie. And we're going to be here next week with David ooh, Oates. Ooh. David Oates. David Oates. It, yeah. It's like it reminds me of the oats that you eat yes, for breakfast. Yes, the oats. <laughs> here's what's interesting with David Oates. He does reverse oh. speech. Ooh. I never so even he heard of gets, that. Like you need like follow him on Facebook. Um, he gets all these like speeches that they're doing now, like all these political people worldwide, and he's done other stuff like songs and all that stuff. And then he plays it backwards, and you can hear the reverse speech in it. And awesome. there's some like of, 80s like metal music, like we used to take that anything, the record and play it backwards. Any, like, yeah, he you gets the reverse stuff? speech. Yes, <laughs> it sounds scary. Oh, and I'll I'll well, I don't know, should I say this? Yeah, I'm going to say this. Say it, say it, say it. No. 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 Say it. I'm saying it. Okay, I'm going to say it. Say it. Eric Hecker, you know how I talk about? No. Okay, he's like the Alaska guy that just came out here recently. He's had like five minutes of fame talking about, or not Alaska, Antarctica. Okay. Antarctica, he's getting five minutes of fame. Okay. He was on on my show, but there's a whole, before, before you came back, Will, but mm-hmm. there's a whole big thing about him. He was a plumber. I, I deep dived mm-hmm. with him. And what mm-hmm. he's saying to people is bogus. Like, it's not right. And then when anybody really, truly confronts him, <sighs> it's a mess. So, yeah. Unfortunately, David, yeah, Oates, David Oates and him got into it. Oh. And so David Oates, in his vengeance, decides 
to get all these interviews that <laughs> that Hecker, Eric Hecker is doing and did reverse. Nice. Like, and you should hear the stuff in the reverse. It talks about CIA. It talks -uh. about, it talks about lie. Like it's crazy stuff that he has. Yes. Wow. So, but anyway, we probably won't get into Eric Hecker next week, but there's going to be a lot of audio we're going to be listening to that's being played backwards. It's going to be a fun show. So, good. all right. Well, Looking thank you, everybody. We appreciate you all. We'll see you all again here next week on 107.7 FM New Orleans um, at the same time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Right. Please stay on. And um, up next is the Church of Mavis. Y'all have a great all evening. Right. Thank you. Indeed. Are you there? I am here. Okay. And right. I didn't end it. I didn't end it. Somebody else ended yes. it. Oh, okay. It's still saying no, that. Okay, that's good. Does this? Hold on. It's all right.